The following presentation is from North Pine Baptist Church. We trust that it will help you learn more about God and His message for the world. For more information and to connect with us, visit npbc.org.au. Welcome to you if you're joining us today for the first time. It's great to have you here. Uh, My name's Doug and this is my son Caleb. And at the last second, I have convinced him to come up here and do the Bible reading for us. So thank you, Caleb. Uh, sorry for embarrassing you like that. Um, so if you could open up your Bibles with me, we're going to read from Romans chapter 5. Uh, and we're going to be reading from verses 1 through to 8. So Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through to 8. Thanks, Caleb. Therefore, since we have justified through our faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Thanks, mate. Let's pray together. Our loving Father in heaven, thank you for your holy words in the Bible that you have provided for us. I pray that you may open our eyes, our ears, our hearts and our minds to understand what you have lovingly done for us in Christ Jesus. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Now, since uh, Beck, you've started off with uh, a bit of audience interaction, let's let's try that uh, for the sermon. Um, action movies. Does anybody like action movies? Yes. Good. 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 Okay. I I personally love action movies. Um, sorry, Kim. Uh, that's what I love, and you may not like them as much as what I do, but I really love watching action movies. Uh, Lord of the Rings. Fantastic. Gladiator. Fantastic. And Saving Private Ryan. I wonder if you've seen Saving Private Ryan. Now, that, that's what comes to my mind when I think of movies that, that I love with a bit of action. And I think uh, what makes some of these movies that, that, that resonates with me, uh, and the reason why they're so successful in the box office, I think, it, it's not just the good graphics, the CGI, the blood, the violence, or the actors... But for me, I think it's really the the gripping stories that that speak of sacrifice. And now I'm I know I'm probably not the only one drawn to such movies as as we've seen. Uh, but I wonder that whether as humans made in God's image, uh, the the reasons we're drawn to them is because we both want to be people of character who are willing to sacrifice for those we love. But also, we have a hope that someone else might be willing uh, to sacrifice for us if the need arises. And so maybe that's why some of the events recently, about a year ago, on the 1st of January 2023, when an off-duty policeman 
in New South Wales died. He swam out into a rip. He did it to save his son. And that's what resonates with us and with me. Because this is a real life. There are real life stories of sacrifice. Now the passage from the Bible today that Caleb read for us also talks about sacrifice. About dying for someone else. In Romans 5 verses 6 to 8, it's still up on the screen. It says, you see... At just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So the big idea that I want you to walk away knowing today. It's pretty simple. It's really quick. It's a message that God loves you. God loves you because Jesus died for you. I'm going to say that again. God loves you because Jesus died for you. Now, children, if you have a look in the, the pack that you may have got from the front there, I want you, your job today to keep you awake is I want you to find in there the particular verse that we just read and see if you can uh, read that one and memorize that one by the end of the sermon. That'll be great. So that'll give you something to do. All right. Now, everybody else, uh, I want to give you a bit of background to the Bible reading we heard today. Now, it was originally written by the Apostle Paul to Jewish and Gentile believers who lived in Rome. In fact, Paul longed to see them, uh, to be mutually encouraged by their common faith. They were believers, uh, but so far he'd been unable to visit them. Uh, he'd wanted to do so, but was unable to. Uh, Paul's main desire was to preach the gospel, the good news of Jesus, and tell about God's plan of salvation to those people in Rome, and to mutually encourage and strengthen the believers there. Uh, in their faith. And you find that in Romans chapter 1. Now, as a Christian, there are so many blessings that being Christian entails. And in verses 1 to 11 of what we've just read today, Paul reminds them that as a believer, you can have peace with God. You can have joy despite whatever circumstances you face, including suffering. And most importantly, you can know that God loves you. You can know. And why? Because he's proven it. And see, this is what gives us assurance that the God who opened heaven to us will ensure that we arrive there. Now, Paul starts off by declaring the dreadful, the desperate situation that everyone originally is in. A bit like being caught in a rip. And this includes Paul, the believers in Rome, and because God's word is living and active, includes everyone here today, including myself. So my first point today is our desperate situation. So have a look with me at verse 6. It says, you see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. So do you see the position that we are declared to be in originally? 
The Bible states that we were powerless. We were ungodly. And what does Paul mean when he says this, that we're powerless? He means that we're totally incapable of doing anything to restore our broken relationship with God. It's like being in a rip. You can't save yourself. And what does Paul mean when he says that we were ungodly? It means that we were denying or disobeying God. We were powerless to be pure and blameless like God is. And if that isn't enough, later on in verse 8, Paul describes us as being sinners, born into a wicked state where we don't want a relationship with our creator, our maker. And just when you think it can't be any worse, Paul states in verse 10 that we are his enemies, enemies of God. We weren't just passively ignoring God. We were deliberately and actively hostile towards him. We were wanting to take God's place as God, and that is who we were. We were powerless, ungodly sinners and enemies of God. Addicted to our sin, hostile towards God. That's who we were. And in Romans 3 verses 10 to 12, it states, There is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. Now, have you ever seen a fly, like, struggling in its web? I know I've seen that before, probably when I haven't cleaned my room well enough. But imagine it. Imagine that fly stuck in the web. It's struggling. It's flapping its wings, but it's going nowhere. Uh, The sticky web is holding that fly tight. And the more it tries to move, the more it's sort of, it's, it's stuck. Um, and, and I guess we're a bit like that fly. We're stuck in this sticky web of sin. We're powerless to save ourselves. And just like that fly is unable to escape or rescue itself, we too are unable to rescue ourselves from the web of sin. Even trying with all our might. And just like that person stuck in the rip who can't swim, We're stuck. And now the terrible thing about being in this state is that God always does what is right. And what is right and just is that people who do wrong, who are sinners from birth, deserve to be judged, punished. God can't, God won't tolerate sin. He declares the consequence for even one sin is eternal death. What a desperate situation that we are in. We need saving. We need rescuing. And that leads me to my second point. God's saving love. God's saving love. So read verse 7 with me. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. Well, A person might choose to rescue another in exceptional circumstances. And believe me, there's a big, big difference between knowing or there's a chance, let's say there's a chance that you might die in rescuing someone, as opposed to knowing for absolute certain that you're going to die rescuing someone else. It's a big difference. 
I'm sure you've heard of great acts of heroism. Perhaps you've seen it in the action movies. For example, that soldier diving onto the grenade, saving his fellow mates, knowing for certain they're going to die themselves. Heroism. Courage. Bravery. Sacrifice. However, that's not a typical everyday experience. I haven't seen that happen recently. Okay, But it could happen. You see, for most of us, in our sinful state, see, our love is conditional. It's like, it's like someone would have to be of extreme worth to us, a good person that you might possibly be willing to die for them, someone you think is worth giving up your life for, your son, your daughter, your wife, your husband, a close mate. For why risk certain death? For someone you don't value, who you don't think is good. Now, I know it feels a bit, it's a bit wrong to say it, uh, but I can imagine there's people in my life that I possibly wouldn't want to give my life to save, who are hard to love. Uh, an annoying person at work, uh, a hardened criminal, a mass murderer? If I were really and truly honest, I know I would struggle to even want to sacrifice my life for someone who I wouldn't consider worthy enough. Whoever that may be, let alone actually then go and do it. Perhaps that might be true for you as well, if you're honest. You see, perhaps my love is conditional. But the good news The great news is that there is somebody who would. Someone who is willing to die for others. Someone who will die for certain, knowingly, courageously, bravely, sacrificially save others. No matter who they are, what they are, no matter what they've done, this person would love care for others so much that they would die on their behalf. And that wonderful news, that great news, is that that person is Jesus Christ. He is our maker, he's our creator, and he loves us so much that he is willing to rescue us, that he's willing to die for us. Have a read of verse 8 with me. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, enemies of God, Christ died for us. You see, he died in our place. We were the sinners. He died instead of us. And this is before we were even born. This is before we, 2,000 years ago roughly, he's done this. In recorded factual history. Before we had even had a single thought or done anything wrong, he's died for us. Now you might ask, why would he do that? Why would Jesus die for us? Why would he do that? Well, we have the answer here. He did this to demonstrate his own love for us. God loved us so much 
He was prepared to do something about the state we're in. He gave himself. Christ the Son's act of love by dying on the cross is God's love in action. Instead of us paying the penalty for our sins, dying for our sins, Jesus has died in our place so that we can be made right with God. We can no longer be enemies of God. We can have a restored relationship with him. And it's not as if you've had to beg him to do this or ask him to do this for you. He did it before you are even born. You haven't had to beg, bargain, plead with him to do this. You had no choice in the matter, in fact. It was done before you and I were even born. There was nothing lovely in us that made him do it. We were powerless. We were ungodly, undeserving sinners. Enemies of God. Trapped in our web of sin. Like that fly trapped in that spider's web. Like the boy stuck in the rip. Unable to save ourselves. You see, God's love is very different from ours. Our love is conditional. God's love is unconditional. There is nothing we have done to deserve it. God chose to do it for us. Out of love for us. Now, how would you respond to that? How do you respond to that? Well, it's simple. Believe. In John 3.16, we read, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. You see, once you've come to the realization that you need saving, that God loves you, that he's died for you, he's provided a means of rescue for you before you're even born, that he's done everything needed to save you, all you need to do is believe. And if you haven't taken this step already, if you don't believe and trust in Jesus to have died for your sins already, I encourage you to do that today. Come see me afterwards or Pastor Isaac or one of the elders or a close friend. Chat to them about, about believing in Jesus who died for us. And if you believe and when you believe, it will affect the way you live. You see, if somebody has died for you, if someone has pushed you out of the way and was shot and died protecting you, like in those action movies, you'd live your life differently, wouldn't you? That's what they do. You'd live your life differently. If they save you from certain death, it's like you've been given a second chance, isn't it? Out of gratitude, out of thankfulness, out of love for what they've done, shouldn't it change your life? Wouldn't you live differently? Wouldn't you want to tell others about this great love that somebody has died for you? Wouldn't you want other ungodly, powerless sinners to know about him who has rescued you from eternal death? Who can save them as well? Who's died for everyone? Perhaps you're a believer already, but one who has some doubts like me sometimes. Because you've been hurt before. You see, some people say they love you. And maybe you wonder. You question whether they actually do love you. You might have some doubts. 
Perhaps you might wake up in the middle of the night a bit anxious about it. Do they really love me? What if I disappoint them? What if I fail them? And sometimes their actions may not back up their words. They say they do, and their actions don't reflect that. Maybe you've been let down by others in the past. And it might be in the same relationship with God. You might ask yourself, does God really love me? Will he accept me? Warts and all. What if I fail him? What if I disappoint him? What if I let him down again and again and again? What if I keep doing the wrong thing over and over and over like I tend to do? But you see, God does love you and me unconditionally. He will always love you. The proof is in the action, you see. It's already been done. Jesus demonstrated on the cross. He didn't wait till you've cleaned yourself up a bit. He didn't wait until you tried to remove yourself from the sticky web of sin you were stuck in. He didn't wait until you made at least some kind of effort. No, it was while you were ungodly, while you were powerless, while you were a sinner, and while you were his enemy. That, he's done this for you. You don't need to worry about whether he'll accept you. You don't need to worry about whether you'll disappoint him or let him down. He'll love you unconditionally. Now, I might be showing my age here. I grew a little bit of an attempt at a beard on the holidays. I saw some gray hairs in there. But um, there's some lyrics from a song from my childhood. It sort of comes to my mind when I think of this. So let me uh, play it for you. I better stop it there before you start dancing. (laughs) So if you want to know what love is, look to the cross. Look to Jesus who has died for you and believe it. You see, believers have a hope that will not disappoint. It is not unfounded optimism. It's a blessed assurance of our future destiny in heaven based on God's love demonstrated in the past by the death of Jesus on the cross. And this, this is what gives you certainty that Jesus loves you, that God loves you. And it's what will comfort you in the times of life that might get you down. It certainly would have been a great encouragement to those believers many, many years ago in Rome when Paul wrote to them then, who may have been wondering whether God loved them or cared for them in their circumstances. But the fact is, that Jesus loves and cares and died for them and cares and loves and died for us. And that's what gives us peace. That's what gives us hope. That's what gives us joy no matter what is going on in our lives and no matter what we're going to face in this new year coming. Now, Stuart wrote in his commentary, the cross is a demonstration of love which is without parallel. It is the overwhelming evidence that God loves us. Therefore, we can know objectively and without doubt that God loves us, even if our feelings or even if our life circumstances cause us to worry. 
So may we never forget how much God loves us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you that we can know without doubt that you do love us because you have demonstrated it before we were even born. You sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Help us to believe it. May we be ever thankful. May we live lives in joyful response to what you have already done for us. May we desire to tell others of your great love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us for this presentation from North Pine Baptist Church. For more information and to connect with us, visit npbc.org.au.